Managing money and knowing what is good for your financial well-being at every stage of life is a skill. It's a skill that every person needs. Managing money well means having an adequate level of protection, more savings than debt, and knowing how the choices we make can either make us or break us. Of course, we're all human. So in Your Money Matters, a podcast brought to you by Discovery, I unpack practical aspects on banking, life insurance, investments, and more in discussions with experts. Join me for these interesting conversations and hear how small things we do can take us to greater levels of financial security and more of life's rewards. Today, it's all about money, your money in particular, and your relationship with your money and why it is that you have a particular relationship with your money. Is it either because you've got this dysfunctional fear of money or you simply believe there's going to always be abundance and that determines your financial behavior? Are you one of those people whose month runs out long before the money does or whose money runs out long before the month does? With all the right knowledge and all of the practical tools and, frankly, the right nudges, perhaps you can make more of your money and make it work better for you to help us get to the bottom of why your financial health is actually not just about your income but hugely about your behavior is Akash Daura, who is the head of technical marketing at Discovery and Hayley Parry, the chief education officer at worth. Are we any good, Haley Parry, in managing our money? How financially savvy are we? What we know is that 86% of us as South Africans spend more than we earn. So unfortunately, it's not looking good right now. We are not as financially savvy as we could be. Um, and I think on the upside, it gives us lots of room for improvement. One is always looking for upsides, Haley, and uh, the reality is that uh, we're a highly indebted society. We're a society that lives from paycheck to paycheck and borrow often in between. Uh, Akash, what sort of patterns are you seeing with the, the data that you gather? Because what you've tried to do, particularly with Discovery Bank, is to help people to manage their money better. Yes, uh, Bruce. We see actually that people's income actually doesn't determine how much they spend. I mean, we see even people in the retail affluent space, so people earning over a million rand a year, still end up in financial difficulty. Actually, even 28% of retail affluent South Africans spend more than they earn. So there really is a need for, number one, financial education, but number two, having a behavioral aspect applied to that so that you can get people to change their behaviors going forward. Haley, uh, why do we have the financial habits we have? Have you managed to figure that one out yet? I think what it comes down to is that when we think about our money and when we think about how we're going to manage it well and grow our wealth, what we often tend to focus on is our income. And what we fail to realize is that there's actually two critical levers we need to look at. So if you could imagine that we've got your income sitting in one bar graph and your expenses in the other, the difference between those two graphs are what is going to determine how well you're going to be, how financially healthy or financially wealthy you will be uh, going forward. Because in that gap, in that space, that's where we can spend our time and our effort on our savings and our investments. Now, 
there's two levers that you could pull if you want to improve that space. And the first is obviously your income. And I think that's naturally the, the sexier space for us because most people think if you earn more, you are financially more savvy, you are you know, richer or more successful even. But the reality is that there's a second lever that we can work on, and that is how much we spend. And it's not nearly as sexy and it's not nearly as much fun to manage. But the reality is that we know that the more you earn will not determine your financial future. What will determine how successful you are in managing your money is your behavior, as Akash says. Um, And so that's the first thing that we need to sort out because what we need to make sure everyone is doing, you know, even before they get their next salary increase, is that they are spending less than they earn. And it's easier said than done, Akash. I mean, here's the reality that for the vast majority of us, when we get a pay increase, what's the first thing we do? We go and celebrate our pay increase by spending the increase. Well, I mean, personal stories. But um, we go, <laughs> wow. This is brilliant. There's additional money in our paycheck. We can now expand our lifestyle. And I think it's, it's, a, it's probably a global disease, but certainly it's prevalent here. No, it's exactly right, uh, Bruce. I think the, the issue is nobody rewards you for saving, if you think about it. When you get a pay increase and you go home and you tell your spouse, hey, I got a pay increase, but I'm actually going to take all of this money and you're never going to see it because we're going to save it. You're just not going to get the same impact as if you came home with a really nice present, right? And that's at the core of it. Society doesn't overtly reward you for managing your money well. They reward you when you buy a nice car, when you live in a big house. That's when everyone tells you, wow, you're doing really well. So it wires in your brain that you actually need to spend money to be rewarded. And I think that's that's the key. So because I think there's the one part about getting the financial knowledge, which I think is incredibly important. I think there's a lot of people in South Africa that just don't have the basic financial knowledge they need in order to actually understand what they need to do differently. And I think that's why we've partnered with Word to actually give people that basic financial knowledge. And then there's a second part about how do we actually then create incentives and create this mindset change so that people actually feel like when they're saving money and when they're doing things that are good for their financial well-being, that they're being rewarded for it today. It's such an important word. The word is mindset. It is rewarding myself. If the world is not going to reward me, I need to reward myself. I need to pay myself. I need to tell myself that I am a jolly clever individual because, yes, I'm working hard and I am being paid perhaps a little more than I was being paid last year or I've had a promotion. And sure, by all means, celebrate it. But the best celebration I could possibly reward myself with is by beginning to invest the spoils of my labor. And the reality is, Haley, and I suspect some of the most common mistakes that we make as human beings is we more often than don't, don't do that. Absolutely, Bruce. So what you're talking about, we call paying yourself first. You know, the reality is that a lot of us make a lot of sacrifices for the work that we do. Pre-COVID, I would have said commuting in Joburg and Cape Town is one of the big sacrifices we all make uh, in order to do the work we do. But at the moment, you know, maybe it's sitting on a Zoom call when you could have been watching your kid at a soccer game. Now, the reality is that these sacrifices are important and, and necessary when we're doing our work. But what we want to do long term is make it worth our while. 
you know, at the end of the day, you want to be able to get to the point where you're able to enjoy the spoils of your work, where you're able to stop working at some point. Which is why I've bought myself the upgraded car. I bought myself the latest <laughs> phone and I have a really fabulous offer on an apartment, which as long as interest rates stay flat, people are going to think that I am enormously successful. The trouble is, I can't afford to invite them around because I can't afford the sort of food and stuff that um, will show my renewed status off. Yeah, I mean, I think that speaks to what, you know, you and Akash were chatting about just now, which is that delayed gratification is not nearly as sexy as the immediate consumption of the shiny bling, whatever your choice of that may be. And I think that is why what Discovery are now doing in terms of bringing in vitality money and linking behavioral change to rewards is so exciting for me. And I mean, I think it speaks to the geek that I am that I find this type of thing so interesting and so much fun. But the fact that you can take what has been proven as a really successful model in terms of getting people healthier and fitter, fitter with vitality um, health and actually apply some of those lessons in terms of making people change their financial future over the long term. You know, that's where we're going to see some stuff that, quite frankly, I think probably hasn't been done anywhere in the world. And it's why we're so excited to be working with them um, because this interplay of financial education, i.e., knowing what it is that you need to do, but then actually rewarding the behavioral change that needs to follow thereafter, which is normally the harder part. That's where for me, it gets really interesting at, at this intersection. Uh, Akash, every savings month, and I even forget which month of the year savings month is, we're told, we're, we're given more stick than carrot. If you don't save, you this will be the consequence. You will have to deal with this X, Y, and Z. And there's a lot of negativity and fear around not having enough. Uh, and so in many cases, people shut down. The opposite of that is what you're seeking to do, and that is to reward positively, almost like a little doggy treat when you're training the dog. If the dog sits when you tell it to sit, you give it a biscuit. Dog wags its tail, you give it another biscuit. It learns very quickly um, that there is a reward mechanism in place. Um, and I'm guessing that us as human beings aren't all that different. We want to be patted on the head and told that we're a good boy. The concept you just described is what we call hyperbolic discounting. The problem is... If uh, that's, you tell, that's the technical term for what I described. Yes, yes I exactly. I mean, if you tell someone <laughs> to save today so that you can enjoy your spoils in the future your mind implicitly discounts that future uh, because of all the probability and probability attached to that future. They implicitly discount it. So in their mind, they're like, yeah, that's sure. I could enjoy my spoils in the future, but I could also enjoy my spoils now. And that leads to this culture of spending, spending now, getting into debt. I mean, we have one of the lowest savings rates in the world uh, without the social security safety nets that other countries have. So you end up in the situation where people feel like they're getting more rewarded when they spend now. And what we're trying to do is actually change that. And I think we've learned so much from our Vitality Health programs where we realize it doesn't actually take a lot because I think humans by nature love games. They love gamification. They love the idea of a reward. They love the idea of even getting a smoothie or a cup of coffee or getting something for doing something. 
And it doesn't have to be a lot because I think uh, what we found hugely successful is the programs we have around active rewards. You know, if you if you meet your savings goal, you will get a smoothie. If you do this, you will get that. But the fact of the matter is, wh- when you deal with finances, you actually have a lot more you can uh, that you can give clients. So you can give them much bigger discounts, much better rewards for managing their money well. And I think that's coming through now where we say, uh, actually, what you can do is have a situation where you can save today, but you can also get rewarded today for saving today. Akash, the Vitality Money Calculator, just how complicated a process is it for me to truly understand the way in which this entire process works? So trying to get a single view of your financial wellness is an incredibly difficult task, but we've tried to simplify it uh, immensely in the way that Discovery Bank and the Discovery Bank app works. We've actually integrated with a whole lot of partners, all the way from home affairs to credit bureaus to property valuation companies to give you a full set of your financial wellness. So when you activate Vitality Money in the bank app, we will go and find out how much your property is worth, what bond you have on it. We will find out what long-term savings you have in endowments and unit trusts. Uh, We will find out what your credit rating is, and we'll try to bring all of that together in a seamless manner for you and allow you to actually go through it, add content that we were not able to source. So we try to take all of that heavy lifting off you to give you a vitality money status. And that I think is is hugely valuable. But what we've also done is we've created a simpler, easier to use tool on our website. So actually anyone, even if you're not a Discovery Bank client, can actually go to our website, answer a few questions and get an indicative vitality money uh, score with also some tips on what you can do to improve your rating. So that that is just another way that anybody could go online, find out their vitality money status, find out which behaviors they need to improve on, and then hopefully then go out and actually make the change. Haley, what are the basic steps that we can take just to improve our financial outcomes, improve our attitude? And I think it starts with attitude, I, I suspect, in terms of thinking longer term, not thinking just in the here and now. The first steps that we can take down this this wonderful path toward financial freedom. Bruce, I think the number one thing and the most critical thing is quite simply just to start. So wherever you are today, the idea is we want to move you forwards in the future. And the only way you're going to do that is just by starting. So for people who are feeling very stressed about their finances, you know, maybe they've had their income reduced, um, Over the lockdowns, maybe someone in their household has lost their job. The reality is that um, having an ostrich mentality and not dealing with it is not going to help you. So I think the critical thing is just to start. And so what I often recommend um, families do or even companies, you know, if you want to kickstart some kind of change, why don't you designate a specific day, a financial health or financial wealth day for your family or for your organization just to kickstart this process? Because once we get you going, you know, the hardest part normally is just to get started. So that for me would be point number one. The second thing is, in your home, in your family, choose to appoint somebody as your chief financial officer or the head of your family office and give them responsibility and accountability to manage your finances at home as if it were something that you would need to report on at work because we want to make sure that all this hard work you're doing in order to earn a salary is ultimately going to move you forward um, in the future. And, and sometimes it just needs a little bit of focus. 
you know, some people just need a title to help them do that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's about saying, hey, guys, this is important in our family. Let's make this something that we do on a weekly basis, for instance, where we sit down and we chat about our money. Because then that would lead me to my third point, which is quite simply that one of the most important things you can do to change your future over the long term is just to be consistent in the short term. And I think if, if you put in place those three things um, with a, a wrapping of a financial education that you, you could get so easily and, and wonderfully through Discovery Bank, you will be well on your way to improving your financial knowledge. Do you want to add to that, Akash? Yeah, I think the key is frequency of small changes. I think many people underestimate the impact of that. I think everyone says that the eighth wand of the world is compound interest, but it actually is true. I think people that save consistently are much better off on a long-term basis. And I think that's what we also try to get across. It's quite a lot of parallels even to health. I mean, when you look at uh, mortality rates and comorbidity rates, eating a cupcake every day is way more dangerous than swimming in the ocean and getting attacked by a shark, for instance. Uh, Just because just doing it every day, each small bit incrementally doesn't increase your risk dramatically, but over a long period of time, it has a massive impact. And it's the same with savings. Um, You know, everyone starts off earning a salary, whatever it is, it's usually a small amount when we all start off. My salary was incredibly small when I when I started off as an article clerk. But just saving a little bit at that in that beginning space does two things. Number one, it creates that consistent behavior change. And secondly, you have the benefit of compounding growth over time. The lesson of starting early is one that is learned generally, Haley. I think far too late for most people. Yeah, I mean, Bruce, the age-old question is, you know, when should we start with a financial education? And my answer is it's never too late. You know, we, we have retirees who come to us and say, you know, why should I bother doing one of your online courses, for instance? And for me, it's so obvious because, you know, I know that you're going to have a limited amount of money that you need to manage for the rest of your life. And why wouldn't you want to do it to the best of your ability? But the bottom line is it's never too late to start, but the earlier you begin, the better. So yes, in my home, when my kids were were three, I was already starting with some really simple but fun lessons because the younger they are, the more mistakes you want them to make while they're younger because trust me, they're cheaper than when they're teenagers or even adults. One of the great killers of wealth is debt. It's also a lesson I think we learn far too late once we've been burned by the clothing store account or the credit card bill or the booze habit or whatever it is that we've got. When we borrow money to fund our fun and our habits, we end up having to pay for it over an awfully long time. And I just wonder whether or not the debt lesson is one that somehow we need to be far more aggressive about teaching. Yeah, absolutely, Bruce. And I think it talks to that misconception that we were discussing earlier about people who earn more somehow, you know, are doing better or financially. And and I think the reality is often quite the opposite because there are financial services companies that will actively market to you the more you earn. And so you have to develop a degree of financial savviness to understand how debt is going to erode any chance of wealth building unless you use it well, unless you understand how it works, unless you you understand that that power of compounding, that eighth wonder of the world that Akash was talking about, can be and will be used against you if you don't understand the tools that you're given, particularly around debt. 
There's also a, a role for debt, though. I mean, let's be uh, honest about that, and that debt can be a very useful tool. There, there are more shades of grey than there are black and whites when it comes to managing money well, and not all debt is bad, and not all debt is bad all the time either. Absolutely. The, the trick is knowing which debt is good debt, which debt is bad debt, and when you can use it to help you in your personal financial journey in a way that's going to take you forward and not take you backwards because like you say it's one of those lessons I think we can learn way too late and it's one of those things you know one of the questions we often get asked is why do you have to have a retail account for instance why do you need to have debt in order to build up your credit score and the analogy that I often use is it's like when your 17 year old gets a learner's license someone who comes home with a piece of paper that says hey I'm allowed on the roads if they've got a parent who's just going to chuck them the car keys and say, off you go and, and, and have fun, it's obvious to us that there's going to be pain down the road. And I think the same is true with debt. You know, you need to learn what it's like to owe somebody money, to pay them back on time and to finish paying off that debt, because that is ultimately what the credit bureaus are looking at in terms of your behavior, because then when it comes down the road, to you wanting to perhaps buy a house, for instance, and use your credit history to indicate to the banks what kind of financial behavior you you exhibit. This is indicative for them. This is how they assess their risk and say, okay, Haley is somebody I want to lend my money to, or she's not. And what's the answer been to that question? Anyway, let's not go there. Um, <laughs> tell me, Akash, um, in, in terms of how you incentivize a change in behavior, because I think many of us are actually not very honest, not only with those around us, but with ourselves when it comes to our financial habits and our financial status. We don't like to acknowledge our fallibility here. Yeah, we have a natural overconfidence in our abilities. In our insure business, we saw that 80% of drivers uh, rated themselves as above average drivers, which uh, a little bit of maths will tell you is uh, impossible. But you see the same thing in finances. And I think the, the key here is, I mean, along with the financial knowledge, what you actually need is like a simple metric that you can look at and say, am I good or do I need help? And I think what we try to do there is give you a vitality money status. So we go across all of these five behaviors, and we've touched on some of them, like your debt, like your savings, how much you save for retirement, how much of insurance products you have for unforeseen events, etc. We take all of that and we distill it into a simple metric, a vitality money status that's between blue and diamond. And essentially, by understanding where you sit on that on that status band, are you a gold vitality uh, money member or are you a blue vitality money member? It gives you a good understanding intrinsically of how well you're doing financially, how well you're tracking towards your financial goals. And I think getting some simplicity in it is really important. Another thing we do is we've got like a retirement tool as an example. And I think the issue you have is if I had to tell you, tell a 20-year-old now how much money he would realistically need in retirement, it would seem like an enormous amount based on inflation, based on everything else. It would either seem completely impossible or it would be, okay, it's fine. As I start earning more money, I will start saving more and it'll be okay. Um, so what we've done is we flipped it around and we've said, based on your current habits, when can you expect to retire comfortably? So we've actually changed it around a little bit to tell people, what's your retirement age? Because I think most people ideally would say, okay, I'm going to retire at 60, I'm going to retire at 65. And then when you see that your retirement age is 83, 
you think maybe I should start doing something differently here. So it's about putting in tools and statuses and things that gives people an easy to understand metric that gives them the impetus to change. There's a reality check element here as well, and I'm familiar with the way in which Vitality works in terms of driving, and you can download the Vitality uh, driving app on your phone, and your phone is with you in the car, and as you drive, and all of us, I mean, we drive better, than, I certainly drive better than at least 85% of people, I'm, I'm one of those people, but here's the problem, I drive, and I get to the other side, and it tells me that I cornered too aggressively, that I might have braked too aggressively, that I might have sped a little bit on one particular very, very nice racy part of the highway. And I don't like being told that, Akash. I don't like being told those uncomfortable truths. Do you get much pushback when it comes to giving those same lessons to people from a financial perspective and say, hold on a second, yes, you may be right, but I don't like the message. No, look, I think you're always going to have an aspect of that, right? Because what we're asking you to do is change your behavior. And we all know that changing behavior is hard. It's a difficult thing to do. If it was easy, everyone would do it. What we try to do is flip it around to say, uh, so it's less about, oh, look, you cornered a bit too aggressively there, Bruce, uh, you naughty boy. It's more about, hey, Bruce, if you actually just corner a little bit better the next time, uh, you'll get rewarded for it. So that's kind of where we want to end up. We want to end up in a much more positive space where it says, this is where you are. But with technology today, I mean, with the way the banking app works currently, and where it would tell you, just as an example, I mean, if you're getting a 50% discount on your Woolworths purchases, as an example, it says, do you know, Bruce, if you just saved another 2,000 Rand a month, you'd be upping your vitality money status and you'd get a 60% discount, just as an example. So that's the way we try to do it. We try to put an incentive and say, hey, if you change your behavior, look at what you could get. So, Haley, that's one aspect of it is changing behavior. But in order to really do it sustainably and to really change mindset, and we shouldn't be doing it just for the rewards. The rewards are a great incentive, but we've got to be changing the way we approach and think and relate to money. Practical steps, some real tools that I can use to just get my head right. So, Bruce, from our side, uh, I would always start with, please get yourself a financial education. Learning how to manage your money well and learning how to do it better is actually a lifelong process because no matter where you are now, you know, we can always improve where we're going to. Just like Akash said, you know, we keep incentivizing you to, to continue growing on the knowledge base that you currently have. And, you know, in the discovery banking ecosystem there's some really great ways to do that there's a couple of um, short educational videos that you can watch and then there's also some longer form financial education courses that you can do online you know we're talking about a time investment of five or six hours but the changes that we see are quite remarkable and the stories that we get back are perhaps my favorite part of seeing this behavioral change that you're talking about coming to life and coming into action. And in fact, it's one of my favorite ways that we use 
in our teaching, in this financial education, is actually sharing the stories of people who have been through the process and changed their financial future and what it's actually meant to them. Why are you keeping secrets? I demand immediately that you share uh, a smorgasbord of your favorite stories. <laughs> They're not secret at all, Bruce. They're sitting in our courses. They're sitting on the on the Worth website. We even have a tab that says stories. And we're also working on some cool things with the marketing team at Discovery where we will be sharing these stories on the social channels, videos that we've captured of people sharing how these small changes that we've talked about can really be life-changing. I think one of my favorite comments that I hear over and over again from people who have actually had the courage to make the changes and, and take these steps is not only that they have confidence, but they're sleeping again at night. You'll be surprised how many people, particularly high earners in this country, cannot sleep at night because of their financial stress. And I think that's a wonderful thing to change that we literally get this unsolicited feedback on it, and it really is, is heartwarming. Take me through the specific tools that I might use to send me on this path um, to this beautiful nirvana of financial freedom. Well, Bruce, within the Discovery Banking app, there are two aspects to it. So the first is there are a couple of short videos. They're not more than two or three minutes. And each of those explain very succinctly the financial concepts that you need to understand behind the Vitality Money score. So why a particular score is important and how it's going to help you in your financial future. That's the first um, aspect that you can look at from a very quick and easy to consume tool. The second is that the banking app gives you access to two online courses from Worth. And those courses are specifically geared to help you understand your finances from start to finish. So we're talking about how do you manage your money well, some practical budgeting templates and tools. How do you get out of debt? What can you do to increase the amount of profit you're making in your personal life? And ultimately, how can you build up an asset base in order to be financially free one day? And we've got two variations of those courses. The first is called Wealthy Me, and it's all about how you you manage your money in your personal capacity. And then we've got an, a really interesting one called Wealthy Couples. And that is quite simply because we know that it's challenging enough to manage your money on your own. But when you throw in a partner who was perhaps raised in a different way to you or has a different view on personal finances to you. This is when stuff can get heated and when it can become a lot more challenging at home when it comes to managing your money. And so we have wealthy couples, which covers all the same financial concepts that Wealthy Me does, but it has an extra module specifically on managing money in a relationship. It's a lot of fun. I promise we can say things to your partner that you may not be able to, particularly if you still want to be friends at the dinner table tonight. <laughs> so yeah, th those are the two long form courses. It'll take you around five or six hours in total to complete, but you can do them in the comfort of your, your home or your home office or your office whenever it suits you. And those are available on the Discovery Banking app uh, for the massively reduced price of 399 Rand per course. Uh, and it goes down, Akash, to freedom. I mean, if you want real freedom, there is no greater freedom than financial freedom because financial freedom does the one thing um, that very few other things do. And that gives us a choice as to our destiny. It gives us the, the power to make choices, the freedom to make choices that people without financial resources simply don't have at their disposal. 
Exactly. I think it gives you a sense of a sense of relief almost that you're not uh, chained to a particular destiny and you can chart your own way. And I mean, just even on a purely uh, materialistic basis, I mean, we see clients with higher vitality money status typically actually end up being able to spend more in the long term just because they've built up a savings. They're able to do that. Um, So just, I mean, I think when we think about paying it forward and investing in our future, it's actually investing in your future so that you can spend more money, so that you can have a better lifestyle and that that lifestyle can last you a longer period of time. And I think that's that's really where we're going with here. And I think, I mean, we see it in, in the stats that we have around just over the COVID period, just as an example. I mean, when we look at clients who manage their money well to clients that don't manage their money well, I mean, we see that your arrears rate on credit card debt, for as an example, is 99% lower for a diamond vitality money client who manages the money extremely well compared to a blue client, as an example. So just, uh, and we've even had anecdotal stories over the lockdown period of people who've come back and said, you know, we joined your bank when it first opened and had you not prompted us to save, had we not uh, understood our financial situation, we wouldn't actually have the small nest egg that we have now that is actually helping us through this period. So I think those kind of things are actually very important. Give me some lessons now, guys, before I let you go. Akash, just take me on the first few steps that we need to take. I think the first thing you need to do is build up a small nest egg of funds that you can use for emergencies when situations arise. And I think the starting point there, I think the first thing we tell all our clients and I think is when you get your first salary, pay yourself first. And what that means is as soon as your salary comes in, define how much you're going to save and put that away and live with the rest. I can't emphasize that that more. And whether it is a hundred rand or whether it's a thousand rand or 5,000 rand, it's actually irrelevant. It's just starting. That's step one. Step number two, every time you get an increase, do exactly the same thing again. That for me is like the absolute first step on your road to financial freedom. The second one is making sure that you have sufficient cover for unforeseen events. So insurance products from a short-term perspective, uh, from a long-term perspective to just cover you in terms of unforeseen events, that would be the second thing. But those two things for me are incredibly important. Hayley Parry, last word to you. If I could add a third one, it would be reduce the amount of debt. Once you've taken care of those two things, you want to reduce the amount of debt that you have because ultimately what you want to do is you want to use the power of compound interest to work for you. You want your money to make money babies, as it were, and you don't want to be the one who is paying compound interest. When it works against you, it is terrifying. When it works for you, it is gratifying. You want to be gratified. You want to be rewarded, not just with smoothies and cups of coffee and delicious treats, but with the knowledge that one day you will have choices that the vast majority of your friends simply won't. That is what the power of financial knowledge and acting on that financial knowledge is all about. To Hayley Parry, who is the Chief Education Officer at Worth, um, and also to Akash Daura, who is the Head of Technical Marketing at Discovery, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Your Money Matters, brought to you by Discovery. Share the podcast and join the conversation on social media with the hashtag Your Money Matters and tag at Discovery underscore SA 
You can subscribe to the Discovery Podcast channel, Discovery South Africa, on your favorite podcast app or visit discovery.co.za to listen to all of our shows.